Amen. Thank you very much. Take your Bibles tonight, beloved, and open up to the Old Testament, to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. Give you just a moment to find the book of 1 Samuel. We're all familiar with the story of David and Goliath. David would have been a teenage boy at the time that he fought against Goliath. And you know something? Even to this day, Whenever I look on the ground and I see a smooth stone about, I don't know, the size of my fist, I think of David. David killing Goliath, that big Philistine overgrown stuffed shirt of an ogre, that guy who cursed and defied the living God and defied the armies of God and so on. And boy, what a story, isn't it? Is your Bible open? Are you ready? Do you have your Bible? Is it there in front of you? Do you have your Bible? 1 Samuel chapter 16. We're going to talk tonight about, not David, but about his older brother. His older brother. Now, for the last couple of Sundays, two or three Sundays now, I guess, I've tried to bring you some stories from the Bible on Bible characters. I've been trying to talk about the people of the Bible. And we've dealt with Melchizedek. Do you remember that one? That was an interesting one. Melchizedek, very interesting fellow. There are so many, so many people in the Bible whose lives make for rich preaching and stories and illustrations and, and truths for us. And so tonight we're going to deal with another one. But as I say, it's not the famous David, King David, no, it was his oldest brother, Eliab. Now, we'll pick up the story here in verse, let's see, chapter 16 and verse number 6. Here the Bible says, And it came to pass, when they were come, that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Let's take a moment and pray, shall we? And ask the Lord to open the eyes of our understanding. Our loving Heavenly Father, oh, how we praise you and adore you. What a wonderful day you've blessed us with. Thank you, thank you so much, Lord. We ask now that you would please speak to our hearts. There's not much written on this fella, Eliab, but there, there's a few things. And important things for us to, to know. Help us, please, Lord, to grasp these and take them into our hearts tonight. Oh, bless your people tonight. And I pray that you would please increase their faith and enrich them in love and patience and mercy. Form Jesus in all of us more than ever before. Oh, we love you, Father. Bless now. In Jesus' name we humbly ask it. Amen. Eliab. In Hebrew, it's pronounced Eliav, or possibly Eliav. What it means is God of his father. The his is kind of supplied. God of his father. And so this was the name chosen for this 
the firstborn in Jesse's house. Now here's the story. King Saul had sinned away his day of grace. That's, that's sort of an English expression. And he sinned and sinned. And God rejected him from being king. And said to Samuel, I'm choosing me another king. And so God sent Samuel to the house of Jesse. And Jesse had seven sons. And so Samuel came. And um, in verse 4, they, they said, you, you come peaceably. Verse 5, he said, by the way, that's uh, Shalom, by the way. So when, when Samuel showed up, they said to him, is it Shalom? Is it Shalom? Is that how you've come, Samuel? And Samuel answered in verse 5. He said, Shalom, I've come peaceably. Now we've studied that word Shalom just recently. He said, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord and sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. Now Samuel was there looking for God's anointed. God had chosen a new king. And he told Samuel, this young man lives in Jesse's home. And so Samuel goes there. He's all excited and he's got the cruise of oil to anoint the head of, of the new king of Israel. And it's an exciting time. And so Samuel comes and he, he sits down there. And so verse 6, it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and he said, he said to himself, anyhow, he said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Verse 7, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature. So apparently Eliab must have been a, a good looking, like tall, dark and handsome kind of fellow. He, he must have really been striking and he could have been a model perhaps, you know, modeling maybe men's shave after shave lotion or men's clothing or something. He was a, a good looking guy. These days they may have chosen him even to be a actor, some kind of Hollywood actor because he looked so good. Now that's what it seems to me when the Lord said, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature because I have refused him. That must have come as a shock to Samuel. What? He's not the one. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. That's good news, beloved. You know, there are not many of us that could uh, take the trophy for being best looking or you know, the best in sports or something. I, I certainly can't. There's many of us. I, I believe that that's so very true in the house of God. We're told in the book of Corinthians, consider your calling, brethren, not many wise, not many noble, not many mighty after the flesh. God hath chosen the foolish things of this world, yea, and things that are despised and things that are not, to bring to naught things that are. And so many of us find that we wouldn't make it. The world wouldn't choose us, you know, for the most handsome 
the most daring, the strongest, the fastest. We wouldn't make the Guinness Book of World Records, would we? So here comes Eliab, and Eliab would have made the Guinness Book. Eliab was that kind of guy that had maybe some kind of charisma about him. Maybe he's like one of those heroes that when he turns sideways and he smiles, this little bing of light gleams off his teeth. Ha ha. So he comes in and Samuel is looking at him and he says, oh, 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 I think I found him. This has got to be the one. And the Lord said, no, time out. Time out. Samuel, this is not the one. I've refused him. Men look upon the outward, but I, God, look on the heart. And so this is good news for us. God is looking at our heart. May I ask, how is your heart tonight before God? Do you have a clean, pure heart? Are you living for him in innocency and purity? Are you living a life pleasing to God? Or do you have a pride problem? Hmm? Well, Eliab was the oldest brother of King David, and he was the firstborn. And along with being firstborn came certain rights and privileges. And so not only was he tall, dark, and handsome, not only did his teeth gleam in the sunlight, but he had rank and position. He had the privilege of being the firstborn. He had everything going for him. But Eliab was passed over. Boy, there's another Passover for you right there. Well, we're not going to drag the story out, but here in this chapter, um, they called for the next son. And God said, nope, not him. And then the next son, nope, not him. And all these sons pass by, and Samuel is told, nope, 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 six times. And he says to Jesse, do you... Are these all your sons? Do you, do you have another son hidden someplace? And Jesse said, well, yeah, I do. I do have another boy. But, uh, you know, he's the runt of the litter. He's out there looking after the sheep. And Samuel said, well, we're not going to sit down until he comes in. Fetch him. Go get him. And that was David. And so when David came in, it says here in verse 12, and he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy. That means red. It means that he had color to his cheeks, in his face. And with all of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to, and the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Verse 13, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him, now, I want you to notice this very carefully. Anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And who was there? Right there? Eliab. Eliab was standing right there. Eliab was there in the room when Samuel had to shake his head and said, No, my son, I'm sorry, God hasn't chosen you. Eliab was there as he watched Five more of his brothers rejected, rejected, rejected. 
And then all of a sudden, in comes the runt of the litter, the youngest, David. The guy had a, a bit of a chip on his shoulder. The guy had a little bit of attitude. And he comes in, a young squirt, David. And then Samuel gets up and anoints him to be the next king over all Israel. Eliab was standing there, probably with his jaw dropped down, his eyes wide open, shaking his head, saying, I don't understand it. I don't believe it. I still, I'm looking at it, and I still don't believe it. This can't be. That's my squirt brother. That's, that's the runt of the litter you've got there, Samuel. I think you've made a mistake here, chief. Not, how is it they, they, they say, Houston, we have a problem. Isn't that what the astronauts say? Houston, we have a problem. You can't choose him. He's nothing. We, we, we give him the job of, of looking after the sheep. He's got attitude. You don't want him. And that's the one God wanted. Because, verse 7, God doesn't look on the outward appearance. The Lord looketh on the heart. And God found himself a man in David, a man after his own heart. Are you someone that has a heart after God? Because David sure did. He was later known as the sweet psalmist of Israel. Isn't that right? What a story. Well, what happened to Eliab, this older brother? Well, a war came. And, of course, the Philistines against the Israelites. And the Philistines had quite a sizable army. But more than that, they had a sizable enemy. They had a man over nine feet tall, a giant. And you know his name, Goliath. Goliath was his name, Goliath of Gath, G-A-T-H. That's where he came from. It was a town in, in the, where the Philistines lived. Gath, Goliath of Gath. And he was big, probably mean, ugly, and strong, powerful, and a trained soldier. They trained him from a youth to be a, they could tell, this, this guy's going to be a winner. And they trained him. And he was a trained soldier. And he stood there in the valley defying the armies of God. All right, you Israelites, send me out a man. And if he beats me, we will be your servants. But if I beat him, then you will be our servants. That was the challenge. And Goliath did this day after day. Well, with the battle, Jesse's sons got all conscripted into the army. They had to go and fight for, you know, homeland and mom and dad and fight for God. But they were all scared. So was King Saul, scared. And they were all up there on one mount. Philistines were all up on the other mount. The great big valley below, and out would come Goliath and challenge the armies of God. And so one day Jesse called in David and said, Here, take these provisions, take them to your brother and your brothers, and see how they're doing. And so off he went. David thought this is a, an exciting um, mission that he's on. He gets to get near the battle too and see what's going on. And so he gets up there. And uh, while he's up there talking to the, uh, the different men, all of a sudden, Goliath comes out into the valley. And he makes his 
his ridiculous claims, defying the armies of God, defying God. And so, verse 26 of chapter 17, chapter 17, verse 26, David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Verse 28. And Eliab. There's David's oldest brother. The firstborn. The good-looking guy. The model. Tall, dark, and handsome. There he is. So... It says, And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. Eliab had an anger issue with his younger brother. Now, I could be wrong, but I think Eliab's anger issue went back to when he was rejected and David was accepted chosen to be the next king. And I think from that moment on, Eliab's jealousy got the better of him. I think that he saw something that he wanted and he didn't get it. And he saw it went to someone else that he considered his inferior, his younger snooty-nosed brother. He was jealous. And his jealousy brought on anger. And it's always that way. If you're jealous over something that someone has or has gotten, and you wanted it, or you think you should have gotten it, you'll get angry. Especially if you think that you should have got it. You're a better person than that one. Maybe it's happened to you at work. And the boss announced that they're going to be hiring a new a new manager for your division. And you're thinking, well, I stand as good a chance as any. Why shouldn't they choose me? I've been here a good number of years. I'm smart. I'm intelligent. I'm head and shoulders over many of them. I'm very helpful. I'm loyal. The boss knows. I think I should get this. And then they chose someone else. Someone who doesn't have as much seniority as you. Someone who doesn't have maybe as much experience as you. And then, for some reason, you went home jealous. Oh, you you smiled and applauded when their name was announced. But you drove home that day jealous that they got it and you didn't. You feel angry toward them. We have Eliab here. And Eliab becomes jealous and angry at David. May I remind you of someone else in the Bible that got jealous and got angry. And his name was Cain. C-A-I-N. Cain. You've ever heard of him? Yes, you have. The son of Adam and Eve. And Cain and Abel, his brother, both brought offerings to God. And God accepted Abel's and rejected Cain's. And when Cain saw that his was rejected and his brothers, his younger brothers, accepted, boy, 
he got upset, jealous that he that 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 Abel got the favor of God and angry. And you know what happened? It led to a confrontation, and Cain ended up killing his brother, the first murder in the Bible. Later on, two more brothers, a younger and an older, Jacob and Esau. And Jacob had had purchased the birthright and, and the blessing there off of his brother Esau. Esau didn't want it. He thought he was going to die of hunger, and he traded it for a mess of pottage. Jacob said, sell me your birthright. And Esau did. Just like that, he despised his birthright, sold it to his brother for a bunch of food. And then later, when he saw that Jacob, his brother, got the blessings, and he was rejected. Oh, he was jealous. Oh, he was angry. Oh, he wanted to kill his brother. I think that's what we've got here, folks. I think we've got some some rivalry here amongst the siblings. I think that um, uh, Eliab was jealous and now angry at his brother David. And so in verse 28, Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. Truth is, David did have a chip on his shoulder. He had a pride problem. He was a little bit of a snooty kid in many ways. And then Eliab says, For thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. He said, this is your motive. This is the only reason you've come. Well, these things never turn out well. Boy, oh boy, if you know someone who's jealous, then you probably also know someone who's angry, even though they may not show it. If they're jealous, they've got anger in them. Maybe they're holding it down, stuffing it down, but the anger is there. There's a story told uh, of how the devil was once crossing the Libyan desert. <laughs> this is just a story. The devil was crossing the Libyan desert and he met a number of people that were trying to torment torment a holy hermit, a holy man. And these people were trying to torment him. They tried to involve him in sins of the flesh. They tempted him in every way they knew, but to no avail. The sainted old man, he just shook off all their suggestions. And so then the devil whispered to these, I guess his co-workers, I suppose. He said, um, what you do is too crude. Gentlemen, you're not smooth enough. Give me a chance to show you how it's done. And they all sat back and they watched the devil. And the devil went to the man, to the holy man, and whispered to the holy man, Mr. Holy Man, may I remind you that it was your brother who was made the Bishop of Alexandria and not you. Very quickly, a scowl, malignant jealousy crept across the face of the hermit. And that, said the devil to the others, is the sort of thing I recommend you do. You see how jealousy 
will get the better of, of us. History tells of a statue that was erected to celebrate the victory of the Grecian games. And it so aroused the envious hatred of the rivals that one of them sneaked out at night to topple over the statue. And he found it heavy. So heavy that he had to put quite an effort into rocking it back and forth. Back and forth. He pushed it till finally he got it to topple. And, but it fell the wrong way. And fell on him and crushed him to death. And this is the way of, of bitter envy and jealousy. It has a way of rebounding back on us. Did you know that when you're envious and you're jealous, you will do more harm to yourself than your enemies could ever do to you. You will become your own worst enemy. That's sad, but it's true. There's a, a, a fictitious story, a fable, about an eagle that was so good it could outfly any of the other eagles. And one of the other eagles in particular did not like it. Every time they took to the air, this other eagle always got up there before them. He could get up there faster. He could stay up higher and longer than any of the other eagles. And this one eagle in particular was very jealous and quite bitter. Well, the, the envious eagle found a sportsman one day with a, a bow and arrow. And he said to the sportsman, he said, I wish you would shoot down that eagle. And the sportsman said, well, he would, but he, he, needs, he needs some feathers for his arrow. And so, quite eagerly, the eagle pulled out one of the feathers out of his wing. He said, here. The sportsman attached it to the arrow, shot the arrow, but it didn't reach the eagle. The sportsman said, do you have any more feathers? And so the eagle pulled out another couple of feathers and gave it to the sportsman, tied it onto the next arrow, pulled it back. No, can't get high enough. Have you got any more feathers? Angry at that fellow eagle. The eagle kept pulling out feathers and giving them to the sportsman until the eagle couldn't fly anymore. He had no more feathers. And with that, the sportsman turned on the eagle and killed him. You see, that's what jealousy does. That's what envy, jealousy, My friend, if you're jealous at someone, someone at work, someone in your own family, if you're jealous at someone, the only one that can hurt you is you. You will hurt you. You will do more damage to you than anyone else on earth can. The jealousy and envy will, will harm you and damage you. 
Now, what happened to Eliab, our friend Eliab? Well, I think there's some good news in the story. Because I think that Eliab got himself right with God. He got himself right with God, and I believe that he started serving God under David. David was God's chosen man. Eliab was not God's chosen man. God chose David. And Eliab struggled with that. And finally, when Eliab got his heart right with God, he took his place and served God under David. Now, how do we know this? For this, we'll have to go to 1 Chronicles. So please turn to the right, find 1 Chronicles, go to chapter 27. 1 Chronicles, chapter 27. Now, I'd like you to look, please. Here we have the 12 tribes mentioned from verse 16 to verse 22. And we've got different ones that are mentioned that were serving God as like governors, sort of, if you will, in Israel. And I'd like you to look at verse 18 of Judah. That's, that's, where, that's where we have David. Of Judah, Elihu. Some call him Elihu. Watch. One of the brethren of David. Elihu. You say, Pastor, I thought we were talking about Eliab. Who's this Elihu? Many Bible scholars believe that this is Eliab. Many of the, the Jews went by more than one name. And many conservative Bible scholars believe that this Elihu in 1 Chronicles 27, 18 is the same man as Eliab in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and 17. Elihu. What does that name mean? Well, Eliab means God of his father. It's like saying, my father's God. But Elihu, he is my God. He is my God. Boy, there's the difference there. Maybe Eliab got his heart right with God, and he himself wanted to go by this new name, this new moniker, as, as we say. Folks, here's the point. We must recognize that God chooses certain ones for certain positions. We must recognize that, that God is the one who makes the choice. And this happens in business. It happens in politics. Maybe your candidate didn't get elected. It happens in family. This is the mom. This is the dad. These are the ones that God has chosen. It happens in school. It happens in church. God makes his choices. And what we need to do is we need to recognize God's choices. And if God has chosen this man or this woman 
for this position, then we need to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we need to pray for them. And if they end up being our superior, we need to submit ourselves. I believe that's what Eliab did here. He humbled himself. He submitted himself to his younger brother. Recognized his younger brother as God's chosen. He got his heart right with God and started serving God as a governor in Israel, serving under his brother David. Folks, we need to honor God by recognizing that it's God's choice. God's choice. And we must ask God where he wants us to serve. Lord, where do you want me to serve? Well, it may not be on the mountain's height. My Lord will have need of me. You know, it could be in the valley. God may have a special job for me that's unseen by human eye. Some of us, we don't want to serve God unless everyone can see it's us. We want a trumpet blowing in our honor. And maybe that's why God's not been using us. But if we will humble ourselves and say, the servant of the Lord, here I am, Lord. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. I humble myself before you, Lord. Tell me what you want. Put me where you want me, Lord. Have thine own way, Lord. Boy, that's what we need today, don't you think? We need to humble ourselves before God. Well, would you bow your head with me in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the life of Eliab. Help us to learn to recognize if there's jealousy, envy, hatred, anger in our hearts towards someone and then to get our hearts right with you. It may be, Lord, that you've put that person, you've purposely chosen that person just so you could help us and deal with the jealousy and the anger in our hearts and give us victory over that. So help us, Lord, to humble ourselves before you today, tomorrow, every day this week. Have thine own way, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, folks, let's humble ourselves tonight and give to the Lord. Let's do that, shall we? Let's come down off our high horse and recognize that he is our first creditor, that he is the supplier of all our needs. Let's honor God Almighty with our giving tonight. Would you do that? Would you go to the donation page right now? God bless you as you do.